This week, Twitter bank loan syndication woes. Bang Energy files for Chapter 11 with $455 million dip. 3M calls attempt to enjoin healthcare spinoff rogue lawsuit. Second Circuit declines to revisit erroneously wired funds decision. Hello and welcome to the Reorg Podcast, where we bring the latest developments in high yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy. I'm David Zupkis. We'll be taking a brief recess from our deep dive segment this week, but be back soon with more premium content. It's Friday, October 14th. According to sources, any effort to syndicate the $12.5 billion of debt supporting Elon Musk's expected Twitter acquisition is likely to be put on hold given current market conditions and recent struggles to close LBO financings. Twitter's underwriting banks intended to seek a yield in the low double digits for any unsecured debt related to the transaction. But given the market turbulence from the Federal Reserve's aggressive rate tightening stance and macro headwinds, including inflation, ongoing supply chain challenges, and geopolitical risks, investors are likely to expect accept nothing less than a coupon in the high double digits, according to sources. On Thursday, the Delaware judge overseeing the Musk Twitter merger litigation entered an order staying the proceedings until October 28th to permit the parties to close on the transaction. In their motion to stay the Delaware proceeding, the Musk defendants said that they are willing to close the transaction at $54.20. The debt financing parties are working cooperatively to fund the close, and closing is expected on or around October 28th. Holding the debt on books exposes banks to risks and would restrict their ability to lend, but syndication could result in considerable losses for the underwriters. Sources report that the losses for the debt underwriters could run over $1 billion were they to syndicate the financing in the current market based on the OIDs they would have had to have offered given underwriting agreements struck earlier this year when market conditions were different. Western Florida-based Vital Pharmaceuticals, Inc., or VPX, maker of Bang Energy Drinks, filed for Chapter 11 protection on Monday in the Bankruptcy Court for the Southern District of Florida. Debtors filed to obtain the protection of the automatic stay while face the litigation judgments of hundreds of millions of dollars, including $175 million disgorgement award in favor of Monster Energy related to trademark infringement claims and a separate $293 million judgment in favor of Monster related to a false advertising lawsuit. Debtors have obtained access to $100 million in new money dip financing to be provided by existing lenders as well as a roll-up of approximately $355 million in prepetition debt. Debtors say they plan to use Chapter 11 to complete the implementation of their new distribution network. The company's leading product is the Bang Energy Drink, which the debtors describe as the third best-selling energy drink in the U.S. as of April. The company described its marketing strategy as unique, using digital marketing, including social media, influencers, and brand ambassadors, and in-store promotion. The company says it intends to pursue a recapitalization, replacement financing, or other transaction to pay the company's secured funded debt in full. On Thursday, Judge Peter Russell approved all the debtors' requested first-day relief, including access to up to $34 million of the new money component of the proposed dip on an interim basis. On Wednesday, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit issued an order denying the Revlon non-returning lenders' petition for panel or unbank rehearing of a September 8th decision where the Second Circuit reversed a district court ruling that had allowed the lenders to retain approximately $500 million of Citibank's mistaken wire transfer from August 2020. In the wake of the ruling, the Revlon debtors filed a motion to extend their exclusive periods to file and solicit a Chapter 11 plan through February 15, 2023. The debtors first request for an exclusivity extension. The debtors say that although the Second Circuit's recent decisions provide additional clarity as to the relative rights of Citibank and the non-returning lenders, the non-returning lenders have yet to return the mistaken payment to Citi. The debtors say they will continue to work cooperatively with affected constituents until the issue is resolved. 
On Wednesday, 3M filed a motion to dismiss a complaint seeking to prevent it from spinning off its health care division as a fraudulent conveyance. 3M calls the action a rogue lawsuit filed in an unsupported bid to gain leverage in the federal combat arms multi-district litigation proceeding. According to 3M, the plaintiff's, quote, outlandish suggestion that 3M would be insolvent after the spinoff because it could not shoulder any liability allegedly owed to the combat arms plaintiffs is both meritless and implausible. The fraudulent conveyance complaint and related motion for preliminary injunction filed in the Florida MDL court by two combat arms plaintiffs alleged that the spinoff and the Chapter 11 filing of 3M affiliate Aero Technologies are part of a two-step scheme to delay and deprive plaintiffs of the amounts owed and to defraud them in violation of Florida fraudulent conveyance statutes. The plaintiffs also contend that 3M's plans to spin off its healthcare assets and give away billions of dollars of shareholders through stock repurchases and dividend payments are prohibited fraudulent transfers that will leave 3M insolvent if consummated. The action is similar to a state court fraudulent transfer lawsuit filed in March by Valiant Securities plaintiffs to prevent Bosch Health spinoff of its Bosch Lom eye care business. Top bird stories this week included Washington Prime asked Chancery Court to dismiss minority post rear unit holders fiduciary duty claims, says squeeze out merger complied with contractual obligations. Four bankruptcies in U.S. as inflation, energy costs expected to dog Q3 profits. Fed likely to remain in tightening mode as payrolls beat forecasts. Europe rations energy. Heavy industry begins plant closures. Chinese real estate developer CIFI's mispayment royals Asia high yield market. Removal of J.Crew anti-PetSmart protections could set stage for next wave of course of deals. Pulled Brightspeed financing highlights risks and IG notes. Updates on Loyalty Ventures, Cooper Standard, RBI service properties, prior review on Interflex, Latam Airlines. Supreme Court declines to review Second Circuit decision reviving J. Alex Rico bankruptcy fraud suit against McKenzie. And now here's Kathy Taw from Los Angeles with the week ahead. Hello, this is Kathy Tall. The week ahead begins with a busy Monday of court events. First up on Monday, October 17th, Judge Lori Selber Silverstein is slated to issue a bench ruling on whether to dismiss the Amherst Talk America debtors Chapter 11 cases. Judge Silverstein heard arguments earlier this week on the motion to dismiss filed by a group of insurers who want to see the talk claimants go back to the tort system, given that the ongoing mediation process has not yielded a global resolution. The SunGuard Availability Services debtors will be in court also on Monday, October 17th. The debtors will ask for confirmation of their second amended Chapter 11 plan, which provides for the sale of the debtors' remaining data recovery business to 1111 Systems for $60 million in cash, followed by a wind-down of the debtors' estates. In litigation coverage of GSEs, trial is slated to kick off on Monday, October 17th with jury selection, and on Tuesday, October 18th with opening arguments in the Fairholme Class Action Plaintiff Suit against the U.S. Federal Housing Finance Agency and government-sponsored enterprises Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. The multi-week trial will proceed on the plaintiff's remaining implied covenant claims and lost value damages theory. On Wednesday, October 19th, the Endo International debtors will seek final cash collateral approval against what they describe are irrelevant and inflammatory objections by the official committees of unsecured creditors and opioid claimants. The parties are at loggerheads over the debtors' proposed $5.9 billion credit bid sale to first lien creditors, but otherwise, the committees do not contest the debtors' requests for use of cash collateral. The Voyager Digital debtors are marching on with their planned confirmation process with a disclosure statement approval hearing on Wednesday, October 19th. 
The UCC supports the debtor's proposed sale to FTX US for an approximate $1.42 billion bid value to be consummated through the debtor's plan. However, the UCC takes issue with the plan's releases in favor of the debtor's directors and officers. Turning to another cryptocurrency bankruptcy on Thursday, October 20th, the Celsius Network debtors will ask for approval of bid procedures for the sale of their retail platform. The procedures, if approved, would target a November 18th auction and a November 28th sale hearing. That same day, Celsius equity holders will press for the appointment of an official equity committee. The shareholders say an equity committee is needed to counterbalance what they say are customer-centric efforts of the debtors and the UCC. That's it for me on this Friday, October 14th. Please don't forget, National Hispanic Heritage Month is ending this weekend. If you have not had the time to celebrate the histories, cultures, and contributions of Hispanic Americans with ancestors hailing from Spain, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central and South America, it is not too late to do so. Try taking one of the well-done virtual exhibits offered by the Smithsonian's National Museum of the American Latino. Visit a local restaurant focused on Latin cuisine. Read about Latino American history, which you'll find includes the 1947 landmark ruling by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals prohibiting segregation in California public schools. The case, Mendez versus Westminster School District, set the legal precedent for the subsequent historic decision by the Supreme Court in Brown versus Board of Education seven years later when the doctrine of separate but equal was struck down. Now back to you in New York. Thank you again for listening to this Rear Weekly Review. You can find all our podcasts on the rear.com webinars and podcast page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Hope your families are healthy and safe. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Friday.